fans can come in here. The Celtics fans can come in here. Laker fans can come in here. But take that L on the way out. Dallas coming off a loss last night to San Antonio, 119-109. As Murray hits the three. To... Nine to shoot. Grant sets up Gary Harris. Good look there. Two question I asked at one of their insiders and he's not there yet. He said some more work. Grant, straight away. Yes. Jason Curry to Jokic. Your place to get weekly Denver Nuggets news, highlights, and opinions with your host, Arthur Knight, and your co-host, Nick Basher. All right. Yeah. What's up? We back, baby. We back in the studio, and we have basketball to talk about, ladies and gentlemen. We are actually... We actually have basketball. We have games, actual NBA games to talk about today. Four and a half months later, here we are, and we've done it. And we've done it. And this is Take That L, and I am Arthur Knight. And with me, as always, is Nick the Bashman Basher. What it do? Yeah, so, so man, we're going to get right into it, as usual. But I got I to gotta tell you what, what, my, uh, what my daughter did she she basically checked me the other day you know you know how i'm a sports enthusiast i love basketball basketball's life but i do watch football i do watch hockey i do watch baseball etc um so the other night i'm coming in i'm doing like laundry or something i'm doing chores and my daughters are watching a movie on netflix and they're watching this movie called zombies 2 and you would think that that would be a scary movie or something along those lines because when i walked in and saw zombies on the thing i was like on the tv i was like hmm Y'all should, should be my watching this. skills come in right now right, but I stop this. I started to watch it a little bit, and the first thing that comes out of my mouth is, you girls watch the weirdest stuff. My 10-year-old looks me dead in my face, in my eyes, and she says to me, you watch grown men in tights play football all the time, and we watch weird stuff? I she was, got you. Man, I, was, I looked at her. <laughs> I looked she at her, got you good. And I was like, that's fair. <laughs> what yeah. was I supposed to say to that? Yeah, you know, um, I think because we're so overbearing by sports, we really don't look at like the actual context of what they're doing. Like in football, <laughs> in instance, it's guys running around with oversized shoulder pads and a helmet <laughs> and tights and tights. She's absolutely I love it. Tackling. <laughs> and then basketball, you got like seven footers that are probably the most athletic people in the world. Uh, running up and down the court, putting a ball into a rim, the 10 foot. Yeah. Like, I understand <laughs> from a 10 years old point of view, uh, we're weirdos, but. I mean, I guess it's just so engraved into our psyche. Sports are sports, baby. I didn't look at it from that perspective in any way, shape, or form. And it, it kind of was enlightening. I, was, I didn't know whether to be completely insulted or proud. And I was a little bit of A, a little bit of B. Like, she, it was quick. It was quick. She just came out like, well, you watch that. I, I was think, like, whoa. I think you have a comeback queen maybe in your household. Oh, she's, she's quick with the quips, man. She's I, quick with them. I don't think that's a bad thing. Just make sure they're no, not that's quippy my baby. to you. That's make my sure baby. Yeah. <laughs> all right, man. Let's get, into, let's get into it. So, all right. So we do have basketball to talk about, ladies and gentlemen. The Nuggets were shorthanded on Friday and couldn't take the heat in the kitchen, but then they bounced back on Monday and slowed the Thunder's roll. Dominant second half. Six players in double figures, forcing turnovers. And they start off their eight games with a blowout win. Miami the final score of the Heat 125 and the Nuggets 105. All right, so the Nuggets were sloppy on defense to start the third quarter, and the Heat jumped on them, and, and they made them pay. Um, turnovers obviously continue to plague the Nuggets. Uh, they had 19 turnovers in that game. Uh, 47% shooting in the first half, but only finished with 43%. Uh, and they allowed the Heat to finish with 54%. Now, I guess the Heat is more you know that's more of a testament to how well they played in the fourth they got some shooters bro. Um, they do they do they had some shooters they, they they played very well especially in the third and fourth quarter 
Um, Three-point shooting was non-existent for the Nuggets. They were 8 of 35 for 22%, while allowing 13 of 29 for 44%. So not their best uh, perimeter game, (laughs) a defensive game that they've had. And then Miami gets 32 points from the charity stripe. Uh, The Nuggets only got 19 with a difference of 13 attempts favoring the Heat. So the Nuggets didn't play very well. Um, a lot of people have come down on MPJ and how well he or lack of good play he had in that game. Definitely a tale of two stories between those two games. It really is. And, and Malone had to had to sit him down because um, he missed two defensive assignments and he didn't give very much effort. The exact moment I remember uh, vividly in my mind, the exact moment that he sat him down, he called a timeout, um, and you could see Malone's visibly disgusted with his play and what had happened right before that is mpj was supposed to go around a pick and he didn't he ran right into the pick and really didn't even make an effort to go around um the pick to make to even you know contest the shot and the guy uh i can't remember who the shooter was at the time but he basically got a wide open three like a wide open look with no hand in his face whatsoever and i I think the, the the emphasis that malone was upset about was basically uh, his lack of effort. No, I think that's a hundred percent what it is. Yeah, I think when when Malone sees a a six ten positionless player mm-hmm. that he knows can potentially be a Kevin Durant, Tracy McGrady type, legit not have any effort on defense. I think that frustrates him, especially yeah. with Malone coming from the Popovich, uh, Popovich um, cloth or whatever you want to, however you want to uh, keyframe that. I. I understand completely, but like you said, it's a tale of two games from the Miami game to the OKC game. Now, let's focus on the Miami game. Right. I just think Miami is one of those teams that are so unique in the way they play where they want to only get three-pointers or layups, and they're very Houston-like. Yeah, they, but they better, drive and kick. But but they're not they're not so Houston-like of the point of, like, we're only going to play six, seven players. I mean, Bam Anabayo. Well, who, that, and they actually have size as yes, opposed to yes. Houston. I mean, you have Kelly Olynyk, you have Bam Anabayo that can stretch the floors for you. I mean, Jimmy Butler is just a known oh, clutch buckets. player. Buckets. Like buckets. Yeah. Um, you have uh, Duncan Robinson and uh, Tyler Hero, who I, I want to more focus on Duncan Robinson, who like I see played him play, a really good game, dude. I see Clay Thompson, not so much the defensive effort, but like his stroke, the way he can run around screens. Oh. So although um, it's any loss for Denver. I'd love to have him on Denver's team. That's 100%, <laughs> man. Uh, although any loss right now for Denver is a is a it's a tough loss, especially with how bunched up that three through uh, pretty much seven is in the Western Conference. This it, this isn't. Gonna but we're going to get into that a little bit later about the seating and and what it means right now. But yeah. But, but with that being said, I, I this loss to Miami. Um, I think I predicted that this was going to be a loss. I think we all did, if I'm yeah. not mistaken. So this isn't that big of a surprise to me, but. The biggest, the glaring, the most glaring thing for me in that game, as opposed to the one that happened uh, yesterday, is that game you could tell now in contrast between the two games that the game against the Heat, they were extremely rusty. Yeah, definitely. All of them. And then, you know, and then the rookie play with the Bull Bull and MPJ not having their best outing coming off, you know, coming into their first NBA games. Um, but they did, the Nuggets did bounce back and slowed the Thunder's roll, which um, happened yesterday. And they uh, played very well against the Thunder, who was a, a very good team and an up and coming team in sixth place in the West. Chris Paul talked about that game against Utah, so there was a lot of uncertainty going in as Porter's going to lay it up and in. The hit ahead, and Jokic among three defensive players then gives it up to Craig, slashing to the rim. Millsap, veteran, trying to back down another veteran in Gallinari. As Porter's three rattles in. Yeah, so the Nuggets do bounce back and still played the same players. They still were uh, missing Barton, Harris, and Murray all due to quote-unquote injury. Um, but they they played much better. They stayed in the game. Um, let me just give you a, a few tidbits here, and then we'll dig deeper. 
they did have a better defensive uh, game, but still glaring holes in the defense. Like they're not moving their feet as much. They did play much better. Look like the Nuggets of beginning of this season. Because um, the Nuggets are have the um, we have the athletes and we have the wing defenders. Well, they're the te- they're the only team to hold every team that's going to be in the playoffs now to under a hundred points in more than one game. Oh, interesting. This season, that's they're the only team that I could I, when I did my research is the only team that has done that, it, and that includes Milwaukee, that includes LA, that includes the Clippers. That's a really good um, stat, actually. Yeah, that includes all all teams. So. Um, the, the Nuggets also made better decisions and cut down their turnovers from 19 to 12. Um, although better, that's still not ideal to have 12 turnovers. You can't, you have to be realistic. You're going to have, you're going to have some turnovers in, in a basketball game. I was going to say, especially with this, um, this whole new kind of environment they're in i feel like yeah. teams are going to be rusty they're going to try to throw the ball up through they're going to take chances of course that's especially in these games 100 percent. uh they, they did even more in the scrimmage games but in these games they're going to take a little more chances try to try to see engage where they're at um you typically want to be in that i would say anywhere between six and nine turnovers if you if you're having a good game that means that the other team played a really good defensive game against you. Not necessarily that you made a lot of mistakes, but when you get into that 10, 12, 19, you've made a lot of mistakes. No, that's that's where it gets unforgivable when you're in the high teens. Like, yeah, I when you get in the double digits. I, well, I think I think teams can survive with low 12, um, you know, It's 11. not ideal. It's though. not ideal, but right. I mean, there's some fat, like the, the Golden State Warriors of the last few years, they were a team that averaged about 14, 15 turnovers a game. Right. And that was just more on their style because but they were But their three-point so percentage was over 50% too. Well, so. not, that's giving them way too credit. I mean, they were like a high 40% uh, three-pointing team. As I a, thought they were like 53, but yeah. I mean, who knows? I'm not, yeah. gonna, I'm not going back into the Warriors, but... Um, right, right. You know, just to go to the OKC game, when I see those two teams, I think that that's the third or fourth best team in the West. I'm going to be honest with you. I the, think the Nuggets and the Thunder. I think Houston, or excuse me, OKC, sneakily with Chris Paul, and although they were missing um, Dennis Schroeder, which is a huge loss. Yeah, that's a huge loss. For when them. you have that three point guard lineup with Shea, who is an absolute future beast, like mm-hmm. like there's a lot of John Morant love, but I don't know about a lot of people. I'm a Shea go with this guy all the way. Mm-hmm. And when they have that lineup, I, I'm not so much worried about our seeding. It's more of our matchups. Mm-hmm. That's where it gets very interesting. Right. We're going to get more into that in our next segment about right. whether the seedings matter. But when I just only took away I got from yesterday's game was, is this potentially the three and four best teams in the West? With that being said, it was a huge win for the Nuggets. We needed it desperately. Oh yeah, and um, they played. They played better. I mean, even their, um, their I mean, shooting percentage. I mean, we haven't really got into it, but I mean, when you're having a a, a PNR game, a pick and roll matchup between Jokic and Michael Porter Jr., like mm-hmm. like just having two six ten seven footers just play off of each other. Well, let's talk. Let's talk a little bit about MPJ because he everybody has been down on him quite a bit, and he. He was benched in game one by Malone, kind of, you know, and, and some would, are speculating that even the teammates kind of gave him a nudge like, like, um, hey, you know, he, up, he, like, yeah, you, you've got to give maximum effort. If you really want to be in the role that everybody is putting you in, you need to show that you need to show and prove. Now, that's speculative um, with the team, but it was on the court where Mike Malone actually did sit him down and it worked. It lit a fire up under his backside. He dropped 37 in 44 minutes and then added a double double when he uh, got 12 rebounds, which to be fair, I think is the biggest thing is the double double getting yeah. those 12 rebounds because that shows the effort on the defensive. And he side. had a couple block shots as well. Huge. So and a couple Huge. steals. So he he had probably his best game this season. And with that said, uh, we're going to take a quick break and we'll be back with the give and go, the pick and roll, and we're going to talk a little bit about the Eastern Conference as well. So stay tuned. This is Take That L on GoMileHigh.com. Every day across this country, hundreds of college radio stations take to the air 
Broadcasting music and programming that you won't hear anywhere else. It's one of the last places where people can really be able to actually say what they want to say. Without it, you wouldn't have a place for local artists to perform. Certain people need to have a chance, a fighting chance, and College Radio is that place for it. College Radio changes the lives of those who are involved with it and can change those who listen to it too. This is where we start out, you know? From getting all this great experience working in College Radio, it makes you want to work in real radio. College radio means finding yourself. It helped me find what I wanted to do in not only school but in life. So support college radio by continuing to listen to this station and supporting the students who make it happen. College radio now more than ever. A message brought to you by this station and the College Radio Foundation. For more information please visit collegeradio.org. Hey, Colorado sports fans, you're listening to GoMileHigh.com, a student-operated station live from the Colorado Media School Studios here in Belmar, giving you a different perspective on all things current. Stop torturing yourself, man. Live in the now. So stay tuned to see what's coming up next on GoMileHigh.com, Colorado's sports lifestyle. Show wing. Come on in to the Kacharis River Bed and Breakfast for an inviting and relaxing retreat in the southwestern Colorado mountains. Whether you're kicking up your feet in the comfy day room or sipping on cocktails down by the river, you're sure to have a great time. Enjoy fishing, hiking, and hunting, all with the comforts of walk-in showers, private balconies overlooking the beautiful Kacharis River and Valley, and breakfast cooked fresh daily by the loving hands of the owner, Galen Smith. If you get hungry in the afternoon or evening, grab a cold one, good company, and grill out on the deck. Or you can come sit stay at the famous Dog Bar and Grill, just a stone's throw from the B&B. Book your room now at kacharasriverbnb.com. That's C-U-C-H-A-R-A-S riverbnb.com. Kacharas River Bed and Breakfast. Tell them Arthur sent you. Hey, young Papsy, we must make it back to Camelot so I can listen to GoMileHigh.com. Oh, who goes there? It is I, King Arthur on his mighty steed. Let me in the castle at once. I must get to my quarters to listen in to the best in Colorado's sports lifestyle programming. But, sir, don't we live in medieval Wales? No, Popsy, you mustn't ask questions when I'm listening about my beloved Broncos. Ah, GoMileHigh.com. <laughs> Listening to Take That L with my daddy Arthur Knight. Now take it away, Daddy. Oh, I love that. Yeah, that's my babies. <laughs> oh, that put a big smile on my face. They wanted to they wanted to help out on the show, man. I was working on some stuff last week in school and my daughters just so happened to be with me. And they wanted to uh, help out on the show any way that they could. My oldest, again, kind of just was proactive and was like, Daddy, can we do something for your show? And I was like, well, I need rejoiners, you know, so let's let's record you a rejoiner. Hey, that's a, I love it! That's a great <laughs> use of free paid voice actors right there. It man. really is. And I they did it. really good. Like, I, I didn't even write it down. I didn't have it. I, I mean, I, it was scripted, obviously, but I just said it to him here. This is what you say. And my daughter's just naturally got on the mic and did that all in one take. Man, I love to hear that. Yeah, so... Um, I, I just I love having having my babies on the project and they did really really well so uh, it pr- proud daddy right here but we are gonna get into the give and go here in just a second but let me uh, tell you where you can follow us um, this is take that L and I am Arthur Knight and with me is Nick Basher you can follow us on take that L five on Twitter take that L on Facebook and also you can listen to us live on gomilehigh.com 1 p.m. every Tuesday. Uh, Bashman, tell the people where they can follow you as well. Yeah, man, as always, you can follow me on Twitter at TTL Bashman. That's B-A-C-H man. So uh, give me a follow on uh, Twitter and, uh, you know, let's talk about some basketball. Yeah, he's on Twitter all the time, people. So if you want to get a hold of him, uh, holla at your boy. I'm there. He is there, always there. All right, JG, we are ready with the give and go. Give it to us. Love it. (laughs) Does seating really matter when there's no home court advantage in the bubble? Should the Nuggets just play these games as tune-up games and let the chips fall where they will, or does seating still matter? 
Well, for me right now, seating doesn't really matter. Um, it, it, it only, to me, it only matters on how well they play in these games. Uh, these eight games going into the playoffs, how well are they going to respond to adversity? Like they lost on Friday or Saturday, excuse me. I keep saying Friday, but it was a Saturday game afternoon or early or late morning. Um, but they bounced back and they came back and showed that they're still the top, a top seed in the, in the West. Um, against a Western foe who was playing really, really well. Um, so to me, no, the the seeding doesn't really matter because there is no home court advantage. And no matter where the Nuggets land, they're, they're going to have to play the L.A.s, period. They're going to have to play one or the other or both. So I'm going to go with no uh, home court advantage in the bubble. They should play as many guys as they can. Um, to get the core kind of warmed up and maybe even have some extra guys alert and ready to go. Yeah, I'm going to take a little bit of a different approach to this. Um, I don't care so much about home court advantage because when you're not traveling and you're at the same three courts throughout the the, the three or four months you're going to be there, I think everything gets pretty... um, You get used to everything pretty quick. So I don't care so much about the home court advantage. I think this is all matchup-based. Right. I think it's who do the Nuggets have the best chance? And as of currently, we're the three seed, and we'd be matched up with OKC. I like that first-round matchup. Right. I think that's a very manageable first round for us. Um, it kind of reminds me of the San Antonio Spurs of last year, where they, they probably are going to give a good fight. With less of, experience, obviously. With less experience, but they have a lot of good veteran players in Gallinari and Adams and, of course, Chris Paul. Right. That brings us to the second round. If that would happen, we would be matched up with most likely the Clippers. Right. And like you said, we... Oh, it would be the versing, Clippers versing, if they stay in second. Versing the LA teams is pretty much inevitable. We're going to have to do them and... Unless it, something crazy happens in the first round. Of course. I mean, and there's a good chance where Portland can sneak into that eighth seed and, you know, give the Lakers... Oh, a, I so a, hope they lose two more games so they don't make it. <laughs> Who's that, Portland? <laughs> yes. Man. Just the way they're playing, I do not want them in the playoffs at all. As and that's Le- just a selfish fan. As a LeBron fan, I 100% agree with you. <laughs> I do not want to see Portland because they look good. Nurkic, They're going to upset Collins, some people if they make it to the tourney. And, I mean, we haven't really even talked about the eighth seed, the whole play-in tournament, but I'll yeah. be honest, man, I've been surprised by all those teams on the bottom. Like, yeah. they've all, I mean... Um, besides Memphis and uh, New Orleans, who did get the dub against well, Grizzlies, let's, let's get yeah. into that. Let's get into Sorry. that because my gonna, apologies. Yeah, JG hit us with that second one. What's your biggest surprise coming off restart weekend? All right, now here we your go. Thought. Here we go. <laughs> it's got to be all the teams. I'm surprised by every single game I've watched. Where every single game, I'm like, this is actually competitive. We're good. Now, I do have a theory that we are missing the the worst eight teams in the NBA, so maybe that's why every game is good, because we're watching <laughs> right. like a pretty the decent creme team. creme de la creme of teams. Of course. But I mean, <laughs> besides the Memphis and the New Orleans Pelicans, who's, who have, I think are managing Zion terribly the last few games, but that's mm-hmm. besides the point, every team has really shocked me as to the point of like, I'm, I, I can enjoy this. Like, I'm watching a lot of Houston. I'm watching um, a lot of uh, Indiana. I'm watching mm-hmm. a lot of Toronto, which, don't get me wrong, those are teams I'd watch if they're versing my teams. But, like, I'm seeking out those teams. So, I'm just surprised about the play, man. It, it has just been good basketball, and I, I'm just enjoying it. My biggest surprise is the team in the, the teams in the East. Um, and we'll Raptors get, we'll, we'll get into it a little bit deeper uh, later on in the show. But... For me, it is surprising how good some of these teams in the East are actually playing right now. Uh, not just the Heat, uh, but Toronto, uh, uh, the 76ers. Miami. Um, uh, the Heat. Uh, I mean, all the teams in the East pretty much won this weekend at least once, and they were beating Western teams. So that, that to me, was my biggest surprise. Uh, JG, hit us with that third one. <laughs> Can MPJ break into the starting lineup? Bashman? You know, uh, I'll be That's honest. That's your question. I, I know. I'll be <laughs> honest with everyone. Uh, I actually didn't get to watch yesterday's game live because I do work, unfortunately, on Mondays from uh, 6 to 6. So I couldn't watch it. But the first thing I did when I got off was look at that box score. And I saw that box score where it was 44 minutes. And the first thing I did after that was message Arthur. And I'm like, did MPJ just make his way into the starting lineup? And... Obviously, 
that was all hyperbolic thinking about it now because you're 100% right. He's got to be more consistent. Yeah. One one of one game like this doesn't change um, his other 50-so games he's played in the earlier season. Now, I do think this is a turning point for him. I do think this is potentially like the, the, the game where we're like, ah, this is when Michael Porter Jr. really started to figure it out. It might be his page turner. But, yeah. but right now, I, I, I do think if you're going to play him at the three, I think Grant can sometimes give you better defensive minutes. And if you play him at the four, I think Millsap can still give you better IQ minutes. Mm -hmm. It's going to be interesting, but I think this is the precursor. Well, you weren't the only person to ask me that question. Like I'm in a couple of Facebook groups and, you know, Twitter, obviously. Um, There has been a lot of people saying, you know, that, oh, MPJ fought his way or or forced his way into the starting lineup. Even if Murray and Harris come back, he's still going to start over them. And I'm like, whoa, 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 people. Let's pump our brakes, right? It was against, yes, the Thunder are really good. They're an up-and-coming team, but it was the Thunder. Yeah. He played against a, a better team in the Miami Heat, and look at that game. Yeah, but to be fair, OKC does have a great team defense. No, they and do. They, they do. They do. But I'm just saying, like, you're 100% right that we can't take this game and be like... When he does this against the Lakers, if he does this, or even has a, be- a good game, he doesn't have to have 37 every night. It's more of like don't, the Clippers. Don't take me wrong. If he, they well, have, no, it's, it's all of the above. If he can do this against the Lakers, well, the no. Clippers, and against Houston, then... then um, I could see him breaking into not this year, but he would make a a, a great uh, push or argument for him being in the starting lineup for next year. This year, it's just not going to happen. But I think he has made his point to come off the bench with Morris first. Like there shouldn't be Malone when he looks down that bench and he's ready to sub out starters. Is he should be looking at Morris and MPJ before he looks at any other players. And I know you love Tory Craig. No, I agree but. with you wholeheartedly on that statement. <laughs> I, I think, I mean, like we said, we talked about how we love the uh, the pick and roll between Jokic and mm-hmm. uh, MPJ. I mean, Monte and him have just as good as connection. I mean, when you he have- seems to have a connection with all the players now. Yeah. I, that's why I kind of I, I made the assumption when I um, when I did write the rundown of the show today. Um, that maybe the, his own team teammates checked him. We know the coach checked him yeah. in the Heat game. But I'm thinking that maybe his teammates checked him as well. Well, let me add to that. I just think the players like Jokic and Murray and Harris and all the players look at Michael Porter Jr. and they're like, dude, you can be special. Like, yeah. you, you are but you got to work at it. You're in that rare air where like you have the height, you have the athleticism, you have the shooting touch. It's like, right. just just put it mentally together. And I think some of the players that we have on our team, although young, I think they have the right mentality. Like when you're playing with guys like Murray and Jokic and Gary Harris, who none of them were really like blue, blue chippers like Michael Porter Jr. is. Right. So I think Michael Porter Jr. having these type of these teammates kind of humble him in a way. Be like, listen, I was the number one player throughout my whole entire high school, middle school. Yeah. Even college, I was known as the number one pick. Now that I'm getting kind of a humble pie, I think he's really going to, next season, like you said. Well, he has to realize that there is a lot of people with his talent. Like, not his ceiling, but his talent. Yeah. And and my, I have always been in sports. I have always said, and I will stick to this, uh, hard work will always beat talent when talent doesn't work hard. Of course. So if, if he could be the most talented guy in the league, there's a lot of talented guys that have come into the NBA and are gone now and don't play. Uh, that were greater than Jordan. You know, there, there, there are people that have better skill sets than any than a lot of players in the league. It matters on who works the hardest and who's going to put in that effort to actually be great. hundred percent, man. So, uh, and I think MPJ has that. He just needs to let, let's see. And after they lit a fire, after the coach lit a fire up under his butt on on Saturday, look what he did: thirty-seven points in forty-four minutes. Yeah. you can't dis- dismiss that. Before we get off of Michael Porter Jr., I just want to do two little uh, quick little stat things. Mm-hmm. Michael Porter Jr. now has games with thirty-seven points on sixteen shots. Mm-hmm. 25 points on 12 shots, right? 20 points on 12 shots and 19 points on 10 shots. Pretty much what I'm saying is, but those were spread apart. Of let's, course, let's, of let's course. Make sure we say this, that. This is what I'm trying to get at. Yeah. If this guy can become consistent, man, the league. Has and if he could do that against superstar. upper echelon teams, yeah, then we have our piece. And the other one, which you're going to really appreciate, this Michael Porter Jr. had 37 points on 12 of 16 shooting. He's the first Nugget player to shoot over 75 percent. Since Carmelo Anthony in two thousand eight, yeah, that's I a mean, big deal. We got our if if this is our wing superstar, 
our next Mello, quote-unquote, someone that can really have the The difference burden. between him and Mello, though, is Mello did it right out the, out the gate. Of course. And he did it very consistently. To be fair, though, injuries have plagued Michael Porter, so let's yeah. see what happens. We'll see. Let's see what happens we'll next season. Let's just enjoy his games right now. All right, JG, hit us with that last one. The Rockets have won two straight so far in a dramatic fashion. Is their brand of basketball sustainable? This isn't Nuggets. <laughs> <laughs> well, it is. It is if you correlate it to the fact that we're probably going to see Houston uh, sometime in the in the playoffs. And I'd be lying if I said I didn't want to talk about them anyways. I don't want to talk about them, but they're they're they scare me more than the Lakers right now. Um, the way that they've been playing, they're, they, they have this box man-to-man defense that I've never seen be used. I've seen it in college. I've even seen it in high school. I have never seen it be used and implemented in the NBA and effectively. Yeah, man. I think Because they have to. They don't have a center. Well, well they, they have Tyson Chandler on their, on their bench. It's, it's, he didn't play, though. <laughs> no, no, but let, let me finish my point. It's strategically they're not playing him. Right. They're, they're, they do this on purpose. It's... Me and Arthur were talking off there before we came on, and we were just talking about the the Milwaukee Houston game, and <laughs> Milwaukee out rebounded them by thirty one rebounds. Yeah, like I, I think their whole like obviously they we also know, had more free throws. I mean, everything but, was but, stacked against Houston. I was gonna say their philosophy is is like we'll lose the rebound game all day because we're gonna outshoot you by forty three pointers. Yeah, thirty three pointers. They're gonna shoot like, lights our, out. Our math is gonna outweigh you, and with how smart Daryl Morey has been, their general manager, just getting legit 3 and D players to play the 4 and 5. Robert Covington, Jeff Green, uh, Daniel House Jr., who mm-hmm. was a, a G-leaguer. Um, you have Russell Westbrook, who has finally but been But is unlocked. it sustainable? This, listen, this, this driving kick game. Listen, man. That's called the LeBron offense. A lot of, the driving drive kick offense is the LeBron offense. That will always work. What I am more fascinated by is... They're they're coming into the playoffs not after a, a five month burden of the regular season. They're coming mm-hmm. into the playoffs after eight season seeding games. Listen, man, I'm not gonna say Houston is favored in the West by any means. But if you don't think they have the biggest ceiling, I think you'd be tricking yourself. They do have a pretty good ceiling, and I still don't think that their brand. It's a lot of energy, uh, their brand of basketball. Uh, but even with that said, we will be right back with the pick and roll on Take That L. So I'm taking a trip over to Tibet, you know, uh-huh. see the sights, climb a hill or two. But I remember, oh man, I got one guy out here who I actually know. So I give an old ringy dingy to the llama, what? you know, the Dalai Lama, uh-huh. his laminescence, really? flowing robes, grace, bald, striking really. I says to the llama, hey, you remember that round I carried for you down in Shangri-La? Well, apparently some station out in Lakewood taped the whole thing. Oh. See, the llama's a big hitter. Nailed two eagles in a row that day. Well, he says, what station could have possibly gotten all the way out to my sacred holy lands, the Shangri? I says it was none other than GoMileHigh.com, llama. Uh-huh. They got the best sports coverage in the state. The llama actually tips me this time, 2-1. So he pretty much stiffed me again. But I got him hooked on GoMileHigh.com. So I got that going for me, which is nice. It's great. GoMileHigh.com Hey, Colorado sports fans. You're listening to GoMileHigh.com, a student-operated station live from the Colorado Media School Studios here in Belmar, giving you a different perspective on all things current. Stop torturing yourself, man. Live in the now! So stay tuned to see what's coming up next on GoMileHigh.com, Colorado's sports lifestyle. Showing! Come on in to the Kacharis River Bed and Breakfast for an inviting and relaxing retreat in the southwestern Colorado mountains. Whether you're kicking up your feet in the comfy day room or sipping on cocktails down by the river, you're sure to have a great time. Enjoy fishing, hiking, and hunting, all with the comforts of walk-in showers, private balconies overlooking the beautiful Kacharis River and Valley, and breakfast cooked fresh daily by the loving hands of the owner, Gaylene Smith. 
If you get hungry in the afternoon or evening, grab a cold one, good company, and grill out on the deck. Or you can come sit stay at the famous Dog Bar and Grill, just a stone's throw from the B&B. Book your room now at kacharasriverbnb.com. That's C-U-C-H-A-R-A-S riverbnb.com. Kacharas River Bed and Breakfast. Tell them Arthur sent you. Hey, Colorado sports fans. You're listening to GoMileHigh.com, a student-operated station live from the Colorado Media School Studios here in Belmar, giving you a different perspective on all things current. Stop torturing yourself, man. Live in the now. So stay tuned to see what's coming up next on GoMileHigh.com, Colorado's sports lifestyle. Show wing. Listening to Take That Up. Here's your host, Mark All right, welcome back to Take That L. I am Arthur Knight. Um, we're going to get right into the pick and roll. And for those that uh, listen to this show frequently, the pick and roll. You already know what that is, but for those who don't listen uh, all that frequently, if you're a new listener to Take That L, it is basically a basketball version of Guess Who. So I will uh, give, I've got some players picked out here, and hopefully uh, Bashman doesn't guess one of them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Challenge accepted, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> all right, so we're going to get right into it with the first player. Uh, this player is an all-time great, but only a one-time all-star. Guess who? I mean, what a terrible <laughs> resume. Um, I don't, I don't want to use this as my a question, but is he, are you talking about like a coach? This is not a coach. Okay, so this is actually a legit player. Well, they're they're always going to be a player. I'm not going to well, do coaches. That's what made me confused because it's like a Hall of Fame career off of one season. No, I didn't say he was a Hall of Famer. I said he's an all-time great, but only a one-time all-star. Not a Hall of Famer. Ask a question, fool. You're doing too much thinking. I, I, I don't even know where to begin. I'm, well, I'm, start with a simple question. Is he dead? No. Not as far as I know. <laughs> okay, so it's an older player. I mean, I'll Come be honest, on, man. He gave me, like, the worst fact there could be. I, I don't know. Um, Bob Pettit? No. I, mean, I know no, he had... No, no. That's, a good, that's a good guess. All right. So this player played 15 years in the league on three different teams. Most notable is Utah. Guess who? Um, Jeff Hornacek. <laughs> nice. Is that Jeff Hornacek? It is Jeff Hornacek. Yeah. I'll be honest though, man. You got me really pissed off in that first question. It's like, what? That is like, uh, uh. Is he not an all-time great? He's a good shooter. I mean, he's a great shooter. I just know him more as a coach, to be honest. I know he He's w- not a coach, though. Not Jeff, as far as I know. I thought he... Who am I thinking that was the old Bulls head coach before? Um, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Next <laughs> one. Go to the next one. <laughs> Moving on. Uh, okay. As soon as my computer loads here, this player is averaging 17, almost 18 points a game. Oh, you did a current player for once. That's he is nice a current you. current player. Uh, he is averaging seven points a game this season. Guess seven who? or 17? 17. Okay. Guess who? Okay. Uh, is he a guard? Yes. Is it Dennis Schroeder? It is not. I think he's averaging 19, if I'm being honest. I think he is a little bit higher than that. This go- This person also was drafted in the first round of last year oh so he got drafted last year in the first round and he's averaging 17 points Mm -hmm. is he in the western conference yes and let me clarify last year as in zion's draft right as in 2019 nba draft brandon clark it is not all right last 
clue. This player also has a very high field goal percentage at 48.2. For a young player of only one year, that's really, really high. So guess who? I mean, that's there's only so many players. Yeah. I'm, what were the two questions I asked so far? If he's... I'm really curious. Is he a guard? Yes. Is he a guard? And then what does he play in the Western Conference? Okay. Because I was thinking Porter Jr. To be honest, I thought you were going to sneak one behind me because he's technically <laughs> this draft class. But I don't think he's averaging. The no, points. he was last year. He was in 2019's but, draft class. But but he's considered a rookie this year because correct because he didn't year. play all last year. Right. Oh, this is tough, man. This is a good one. So he's current player averaging 17 points, and he's a rookie averaging about 48 percent. I just want to keep thinking jaw, but is it jaw? It is jaw. <laughs> it is. It is jaw Moran. I was, dude, I was so <laughs> overthinking myself because I was like. That's why I kept telling you, stop overthinking and just yeah, ask a man. question. Narrow it down, man. You guys take this way too, like, hey, analytical. Man. Dude, there's been, a, there's been about 4,000 players in the NBA. Like, I've, <laughs> I've got 4,000 people to think of. All right. Next player. I'm killing it, by the way, today. So far, so good. <laughs> Those were two fairly easy players. Um, let's see if you get this one. Curveball. All right. So this is a Hall of Fame player and a four-time defensive player of the year. Guess who? Ben Wallace. It is not Ben Wallace. Here's your second. Uh, I was so see. confident about that, bro. So confident. This player played 19 years in the league on one, two, three, four, Ralph five Ralph Sampson. Teams. I don't think he has the you're, you're ruining. Here. You're ruining the integrity of I this I know game. because I'm so confident, but I know that's actually not Your, your confidence is making you look stupid, just so you know. <laughs> you, need to, you need to reel that well, confidence to be in. Fair, <laughs> to be fair, um, whether I would have asked the question or not, I still think I was, was going to go with Ralph Sampson. So. <laughs> that's, that's fair. That's, that's to be fair. fair. That's because fair. I know he played like 19 seasons, but again, I, once you said seven teams, I was like, I don't think he's played for seven teams. So. All right. So last and final clue. He is a three-time All-NBA player, three-time block champion. Guess who? Was he teammates with Allen Iverson? No. Well, there goes my new bull, or um, there goes my uh, Dikembe Mutombo. But again, I don't know if he has the four DPOYs. I think he might only have two or three. Dude, this is a good one. Um, I, I really remember screwed- Dikembe Mutombo ever playing with Allen Iverson, just so you know. Yeah, back in 2000. 2001. Uh, no. Dikembe Mutombo. Oh, oh. Played with Allen Iverson yes. and went to the so that 76ers. Answer, that, answer, that answer is yes, then. He did play with, because it is Dikembe Mutombo. That was the... <laughs> oh, so, yeah. Oh, three for three, baby. Hype me up. Ooh, I love it. Because I, I did miss that uh, that Philadelphia in 01. I, I kind of skimmed down the team. That was I, That's I one that of the one. Uh, only years in NBA history where they had the sixth man of the year, they had the MVP, and the defensive player of the year. Yeah. Which kind of... I totally forgot about that Which kind of, year. to me... Like counterbalances the MVP because if you're the MVP, but you also need a defensive player and six year player, mm-hmm. that's besides the point. But uh, yeah, that's an interesting tidbit right there. All right, I may have to get some young man. some extra players in here. I was gonna say we can always talk about Houston again. <laughs> no, we're done talking <laughs> about Houston. All right, next player. Uh, this player career averaged twenty two point three points. Guess who? I have an idea who it is, but I can't really think of anything specific to ask about him. So he's retired. That's my question. Is he retired? No. Oh, he's a current player. Oh, well, there goes my Antoine Walker idea. I don't know why, but at least like once every two weeks, I bring on Antoine Walker. I'm like, it's, he's gonna <laughs> one of these times I'm going to change. One of these days, he's going to get him. I swear. Okay. So uh, he's averaging 22 points and he's a career. Career. Now, I want to make that very clear. Okay. Career. Oh, so he's... Okay. Okay. That's interesting because he could have had a very good early season career and then the last few seasons slacked off. Is it Carmelo Anthony? It is not, but that was a good guess. Uh, this player is out of Mississippi. Guess who? Raised in Mississippi. 
Okay, that okay, because I was thinking college. Thank you for clarifying. Yes, not so he's college. Out of Mississippi, he has a career average of twenty two points, and for all we know, he's potentially still playing. I don't know where he's from, but does it, he's an all star? Is he an all star? Yes. Is it Brandon Ingram? No, but that was a really good guess, actually. Ah, I don't know why. I always say that's a really good guess, but that was actually Dude, a really I good really, guess. I really, when I think of... Because uh, I, I of, think Brandon Ingram is averaging that. Not not career, but I think he's averaging that this year. No, but... Yeah, 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 you're right. Oh, that that's yeah, that's where my flaw is. I didn't think about the career. I yeah. was just making 22 points. Right. Okay. Right. All right. Last, last hint. This player comes out of the College of Kentucky. You know who I really thought it was at first? I thought you were going to do a trick on me and be like, it's Zion. He's averaging 22 points for his career, and he's out of Mississippi. <laughs> but now that you said it's Kentucky, like I said, if you're going to say he comes out of Duke, I'd have been like, dude, that's a good one. So he comes out of Kentucky. Mm-hmm. Okay. I was going to go Jamal Murray, but he's not the all-star. And I get, yeah, he might have an average of 22. Um... So let's think. There's like Demarcus Cousins. There's Boogie, or there's Demarcus Cousins. There's Carl Anthony Towns. There's Devin Booker. Is he a guard? Yes. Is it Devin Booker? It is Devin Booker. Ah <laughs> oh, man, I'm on fire! <laughs> this is for all. And I can the... say he's not cheating this time. Dude, I can't this actually. Is, <laughs> this is for the last like three or four weeks of just my embarrassing act on the last <laughs> uh, on this on the segment. For me to go four and zero today. Crazy tidbit about Devin Booker. I feel like the Rockets. Crazy tidbit about Devin Booker. He was born in Grand Rapids, Michigan, raised in Moss Point, Mississippi, and went to college in Kentucky. That's a that's a crazy. Yeah, that is that's a triangle, isn't that? A little bit of a yeah. That's a crazy little. Now he's in Phoenix, which and he's in yeah. How crazy is that? That he's he's kind of traveled around a little bit in his whole. I was going to say that, that's like all different like. Like demographics and like different like uh, cultures in a way. Like although like the American culture is the same, but like you know there's different like influences. So that's that's a good one. Did did uh, did I stump you so bad today where I went four for four where you don't no. have a fifth player or do you have a fifth player for me? I do not have a fifth player, but we're up against some time. Hey, um, that, that works out perfectly. Though. We can try and do a speed round, but. Uh, I don't. I just don't think we have enough time right now. I'll say, do one oh off of the God. Nuggets real quick. I, I get one guess off of the Nuggets player. Come All on, right. Over. All right. We got. We got about thirty seconds. Let me find a Nuggets yeah. player. Uh... Squirrel. Squirrel. <laughs> I was gonna say, are, are we gonna beat this time? I don't know. All right. All right. All right. Here we go. Speed round. No hints. He was born no, in Siberia. Kidding. Uh, <laughs> Uh This player. First round draft pick. Oh, Monty Morris. No. Ah. Monty Morris was second round draft pick or third. There's no third round. No, I said first round. No, I know, but you said third. Come on, man. Okay, I don't know. I, I, my guess is Monty Morris. I guess it's wrong. I'm going to go with no. Um, <laughs> is it Michael Porter Jr.? It is not. One more guess. Gary Harris. No, it's Mason Plumley. God dang it. All right, and that, 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 <laughs> that ends our segment of the pick and roll. Uh, when we come back, we will talk about a little bit about the Eastern Conference, and we will get into the rest of the Nuggets schedule. This is Take That L on GoMileHigh.com. Come on in to the Kacharis River Bed and Breakfast for an inviting and relaxing retreat in the southwestern Colorado mountains. Whether you're kicking up your feet in the comfy day room or sipping on cocktails down by the river, you're sure to have a great time. Enjoy fishing, hiking, and hunting, all with the comforts of walk-in showers, private balconies overlooking the beautiful Kacharis River and Valley, and breakfast cooked fresh daily by the loving hands of the owner, Galen Smith. If you get hungry in the afternoon or evening, grab a cold one, good company, and grill out on the deck. Or you can come sit stay at the famous Dog Bar and Grill, just a stone's throw from the B&B. Book your room now at kacharisriverbnb.com. 
That's C-U-C-H-A-R-A-S RiverBnB.com. Kacharis River Bed and Breakfast. Tell them Arthur sent you. Hey, Colorado sports fans. You're listening to GoMileHigh.com, a student-operated station live from the Colorado Media School Studios here in Belmar, giving you a different perspective on all things current. Stop torturing yourself, man. Live in the now. So stay tuned to see what's coming up next on GoMileHigh.com, Colorado's sports lifestyle. Showing. So I'm taking a trip over to Tibet, you uh-huh. know, see the sights, climb a hill or two. But I remember, oh man, I got one guy out here who I actually know. So I give an old ringy dingy to the llama. What? You know, the Dalai Lama, uh-huh. his laminescence, really? flowing robes, grace, bald, striking, really. I says to the llama, hey, you remember that round I carried for you down in Shangri-La? Well, apparently some station out in Lakewood taped the whole thing. Oh. See, the llama's a big hitter. Nailed two eagles in a row that day. Well, he says, what station could have possibly gotten all the way out to my sacred holy lands, the Shangri? I says it was none other than go mile high die cam. Lama, uh-huh. they got the best sports coverage in the state. The llama actually tips me this time, 2-1. So he pretty much stiffed me again. But I got him hooked on GoMileHigh.com. So I got that going for me, which is nice. It's great. GoMileHigh.com Hurry, young Popsy, we must make it back to Camelot so I can listen to GoMileHigh.com. Oh, who goes there? It is I, King Arthur on his mighty steed. Let me in the castle at once. I must get to my quarters to listen in to the best in Colorado's sports lifestyle programming. But sir, don't we live in medieval Wales? No, Popsy, you mustn't ask questions when I'm listening about my beloved Broncos. Ah, GoMileHigh.com. You're listening to on GoMileHigh.com. Oh, all right. Welcome back to Take That L. I am Arthur Knight. Uh, don't forget to follow us on Twitter at Take That L5 and follow us on Facebook for Take That L. Um, you can also download our podcast version of the show on pod, uh, Take That L. Podbean. Com and also Take That L. Uh, Anchor. Fm. Uh, you can also get it anywhere uh, you download your your podcast, including uh, Spotify and whatnot. So you can get it our show pretty much anywhere you get your podcast and on social media. So please follow us and give us some likes. Uh, we'll show you some love back. Uh, both myself and Bashman do respond to all of our fans to the best of our abilities. Um, so we, I just want to give a shout out to all of our fans. You know, it's about 300 of y'all, but we, we still love you just the same. And thank you for downloading our, our show and, uh, keeping us working. Um, with that said, um, the East did show their backsides this, uh, you know, I'm trying to keep it PG, uh, cause in the hood, we, we say they show their ASS, but, um, they pretty much have shown their backside and they are making a valid point that everybody's been talking about the West and how tough the West is and uh, how good the West is. And I think a lot of people, including myself, I'm not excluding myself, I'm including myself as a person who kind of just was like, okay, well, whoever comes out of the East, who cares? Um, The West is going to win it all. And that uh, statement is not as true as I would have thought last week. This week, it's a very different... I mean, they have beaten uh, almost every West team, the, the East, in this weekend, in the starting games, the East has won more often than not, including uh, Toronto knocking off the Lakers, um, the the Heat beating the Nuggets. Um, the only team that hasn't lost to a team in the East, but I don't think they've played it. To, I'd have to look. Is Houston? Um, I can't remember. No, they've only played two West teams. So they've far. played two West teams, and yep. they've won both of those games. Um, but so they they right now are the only two or the only team that I know of that did not lose this weekend to a team in the East. Um, I would have to delve a little bit into deeper research into that, but I know that the East kind of stepped it up a little bit this this weekend, and they they pretty much, for lack of a better term, dominated the West this week. Yeah, this I mean, what do you I, think? I mean, I look at these um, the standings right now, and I think we would both agree that the two best teams are probably the two LA teams. Right. But once you get past the two LA teams. 
And if you're if you're doing an, a, a draft, okay, let's just say you're you're drafting all the teams and you're building a conference, okay, mm-hmm. it's going to be one and one 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 A and one B are going to be the two A teams, right? There's not an argument for three, four, five, and six being right. Milwaukee, Raptors, Boston, Miami. They might be just a better deeper conference. I do think the LA or the uh, the Western has a a, a better all-around team with the Lakers and Clippers. Well, most but of the teams in the West have better records than the teams in the East. Like our the the lower the lower tier of the the yes. Western Conference has still better records than the mid to lower in the East. Still, yes, to, to this day, yes. But finish your thought. I'm no, sorry. No, I just want to. No, I totally agree with you that uh, the Western is a deeper conference, as in the the whole totality of the 15 teams, you have 13 legit teams and next year with 14 with Golden State coming back. Right. But what I'm getting at is the one through six of the Eastern Conference are just so much more well-balanced than the one through eight of the Western Conference. It seems that way. I don't think it's even an argument now. Like yeah. All the podcasts I listen to, all the NBA reporters I, mm-hmm. I read, like they all agree this Eastern Conference is not the same Eastern Conference They're of not a pushover the last anymore. 10 years ago. They're no. not. They're not, not at all. And, th- and that th- that argument was being made before the restart. Like, okay, who who cares who comes out of the East? The only one that's really dominating right now is Milwaukee. Milwaukee. Yes. Right? And then they would argue that the up-and-comers like the Celtics and the Raptors are, you know, have a shot, a legitimate shot of knocking the Bucks off there, you know, the top of the mountain. But there's no, like, real argument that, well, whoever comes out of the East, the West is going to have to be on notice. Well, I think after this weekend, the West is on notice. Yeah, it, it's not like the 2017-2018 Western Conference Finals where it was Houston versus Golden State, which was basically the finals because whoever right. to the finals was going to verse Cleveland right. with the LeBron-less or with the Kyrie-less uh, Cavs and Kevin Love being concussion-prone. I mean, the, that Western Conference was the championship. It's going to be interesting this season because, I mean, whether it's L.A. and Houston, both L.A. teams versus Houston, or whether the Denver Nuggets end up sneaking into the, the conference finals. That's going to be an interesting matchup to whoever versus the East. It's not going to be uh, whoever wins their conference is most likely going to be champion. It, it's going to be a very interesting both Final Four mm-hmm. and championship matchup. No, I'm I, I, couldn't agree, to it. I couldn't agree more, and so am I. Um, but I, for me, whoever goes up against Houston, L.A., either one, um, I hope those the first round go seven games and it is a knock them down, drag them out, wear them the F out. Um, I know what you're hoping for. You're hoping for Portland to get the eighth seed. You're hoping No, I'm for, hoping that Portland doesn't get in. No, 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 no. <laughs> Just let, wait, wait, let me finish. Okay. You're waiting for Portland to get the eighth seed and Dallas to get the seventh seed. Both teams have a crazy magical run because this is Orlando. This right, is right. This is not the normal circumstances. You're not going to have legitimately four games at Staples Center for both teams. Right. You have both the seventh and eighth seed winning, so that puts the Denver Nuggets into the technical first seed, <laughs> yeah. and then all we have to really worry about is Houston. That's that's kind of our dream scenario. But that would be the dream scenario. If we're being 100% realistic. That's not going to happen. It's going to be rough. <laughs> it's going to be rough. I think, honestly, I'll. Be, you're, this is going to shock you. I think the more realistic thing to happen is Portland getting the eighth seed and upsetting the Lakers. That could happen. That is looking, not saying it's uh, it's looking realistic, but... But that could very well happen. Having Nurkic, John Collins, having Whiteside as a backup... so well. That's why Lillard, I don't want them in the tournament. Lillard and McCollum are absolutely <laughs> lighting it up from the perimeter. It's right. a... Um, that's a scary tandem right there. It really is. Uh, just their their two guard tandem plus their lower block tandem, their their back or uh, their front court tandem is just like, oh my god. I just want to point this out scary. Real quick. I just want to point this out. Are the Denver Nuggets the best or- organization to drafting centers? I mean, Nikola Jokic, uh Jurkic, um Gobert. They're damn good. Like like we are <laughs> like Portland should be like praising us like we should get a $1000 or a 1000 So should Utah. That's what I'm saying. Like we should get like a, a monthly like paid subscription from them for like getting their centers. The Nuggets them. should be getting revenue share. And for really, <laughs> I mean, even Donovan Mitchell, like Utah yeah. should really be thanking us. Guards but. and centers, uh, the Nuggets are dead on. But let's get into these games before we run out of time. Yeah, I think we it. have about two minutes. So the Nuggets next uh, tomorrow up next is against the Spurs at 2 p.m. Uh, I'm not seeing where you can catch that on, and I can't promise you that you'll see it on NBA. 
uh, TV. Buffstreams.com. Uh, yeah, so so you might have to stream it. Um, but I, I honestly think that that's going to be another win for the Nuggets. I also think that that'll be the first games that you see the Nuggets at full strength. I agree. Um, I've been arguing with people online about these past two games. Uh, Malone had made it clear that all of eight games were you know, basically tune-up games to him, and he was going to try to develop his uh, his younger talent to see who could be that extra piece coming off the bench that he can use in the playoffs. I do think he's going to have to start tidying up his rotation, getting that playoff oh, he rotation. Has to. But one thing I do want to say, but that I forgot to say earlier, it's really nice to see PJ Dozier get some minutes. It is. I, I, it is. Again, he, I'm I'm with, on his on his bandwagon where I love his length, I love his athleticism. He plays really his, well. I love his um his. His potential, but I understand where if he doesn't get any playoff minutes this year, it's one of those things where I'm like, I understand. I we have feel like I feel like you're absolutely right that he does need to that Malone needs to tighten up his his thing, but I don't uh, his rotation, but I don't think that's going to happen until after these back to back games because the Nuggets play the Spurs tomorrow at two, and then turn right around on Thursday and have to play the Trailblazers at six. Um, so that's going to be a tough back-to-back for them. But I think when he does tighten up his rotation, will be after these two games. The two with L.A. His, games, the Raptors the Jazz game. Is when, when the Jazz, and the Jazz going into the Lakers, the Clippers, and then the Raptors, that's when he's re- he really is going to have to tighten it up and show a little bit of his cards, you know what I mean, like going into the playoffs. I think that's kind of what Malone – I'm speculating, but I think he's kind of not trying to show his hand too a little bit. I, I agree. I think there's a lot of teams doing that, though. I, I see a lot of box scores where they're playing 12, 13, 13 players where I think it's more of like a they're they're, they're checking out the first two quarters yep. once that third fourth quarter rolls around if they know they're if it's competitive I think it's they'll like play. preseason football right 100% like preseason football your first and second quarter you're playing your starters 100%. third and fourth quarter you're playing all the scrubs right or the guys that might not make the team you that that's that's putting it perfectly to say so we do we do have the Nuggets playing the Spurs the Trailblazers Jazz Lakers Clippers and Raptors next uh all the way up to the Clippers before our next show. These these games are going fast, ladies and gentlemen, so enjoy them while they last. That is our show for today. Um, I am Arthur Knight. Of course, you know, I'd like to thank Bashman for always doing his thing. And JG behind the glass, you know, making the wheels turn, the cogs turn. Without her, we are lost uh, as a testament of last week. So thank you, JG. Shout out to Porter. Shout out to Porter. (laughs) Thank you for listening to Take That L on GoMileHigh.com. Y'all enjoy the rest of your day. Peace.